1: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this is the month of February. Hopefully everyone had a lovely Valentine's Day, eating chocolate, watching rom-coms. Certainly my favorite time just to sit on the couch and watch them. No judge, by the way. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about the movies. Uh, We're going to be talking about Wonder, the DVD release, and Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir Season 1, and also Peter Rabbit and Beyond. Right now, we're going to talk to the wonderful Jerry Orr, because he went to the 2018 Director's Close-Up, and and he's going to be going out for a
2: couple weeks now. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be going for the next month, and it's going to be a lot of awesome things that they're going to be showing to us.
1: Wonderful. So um, we're going to be talking about your first week adventure, which was a Ladybird panel, which I am incredibly mm-hmm. jealous about because Ladybird is one of my favorite films of this year, if not of all time. So um, tell us about how that panel went.
2: Of course. So pretty much it was a Q&A with uh, four people from the movie. We had, of course, Greta Gerwing, the writer and director of Lady Bird. We had April No. Napier, the costume designer, we had two actors from the film, Jordan Rodriguez and Marielle Scott, and it was moderated by uh, Jay Duplass, and it was pretty much just about the making of the film, all the way from the very beginning, you know, what inspired it, and what were the challenges of the production, and there were some uh, audience questions and answers as well.
1: Now, I will put a disclaimer right here, Lady Bird is where R, so kids be be wary. Just like watch it. Get parents' permission. Have a guardian, or be seventeen because it is very much of an adult movie. But for the purposes of this, we're going to be talking about the making of it and just what you learned, because we have a future filmmaker in our midst as well. So tell us a bit about
2: what. Well, first of all, have you seen Lady Bird? Yes, I have. I immediately watched it after I did this.
1: Now I, I'm curious. Just let's just to talk about the movie for a second. But while while you're watching it, were you just thinking? Were you looking at your mother the whole time just like, yes, that's me. Oh, my gosh, that's me. I'm sorry, Mom. That's me. Because I was doing that with my mom because this is such a a great coming-of-age story about, well, very angsty teens and their mothers and, well, parents in general. what, What did you think when you were watching it?
2: I I can see what you mean, that it is a very good representation of a teenager and mother relationship. I personally don't think I agree with it too much. I feel like I have a great relationship with my parents, but uh, no, you're definitely right. There is a lot to relate to in the film, a lot of little things that you don't really realize, but you will relate to it. And it's just so interesting how, you know, natural it is, how normal it is, and you know, I definitely recommend parents to see it as well as uh, teenagers as well because there's so much parents can learn as well since it goes into the teenager's uh, thinking. It's just really so amazing how she could make such a realistic plot.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I just love films like this because it is so real and raw because the whole the tour de France of this whole picture is Saoirse Rowan who just takes this this direction of this character and just manifest a beautiful character that I just, I, I fall in love. I feel like there's a lady bird in all of us because I think we all, we all go through just growing up is so relatable and just itself. So anyway, but it's, it's a great film. Hopefully it wins the best picture, cross our fingers, but we'll see what happens. So tell us a bit about what some of the crew talked about. Cause we had the director, costume designer and the actors. Like, did you learn anything when you watched this film? Sorry, when you watch this
2: panel? Uh, Yeah, there's something I really like that I learned. It was when April Napier, the costume designer, started speaking. And she was talking about how she had a hard time because, of course, like any other costume designer, she had to very intricately design and choose the clothing. But she had to choose it so it would look bad. And they were joking about how she did a good job because everything looked terrible. The clothes were so wrinkly so dirty so fake and if you don't know the family the main family that the film focuses on is not a very wealthy family they're low middle class maybe poor and they don't have a lot of money spent on clothes and it re- just reflects that so well that's what just so great about this film the little details another thing is how the, the actors were talking about how Greta was telling them to talk fast 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 because conversations aren't slow pace where it's one word a minute it's like bullets. It goes back and forth extremely quickly.
1: Well, especially with the argument scenes with like Lady Bird and her mother, and well, all the other characters because arguments, especially with family, can escalate very quickly. It can be one second with just like "love you, mom," "love you too," "love you too, son" or daughter, and then second, it's just like "I hate you," "I hate you too," and it's just, it's just quick. And I, that's Macy with the direction of Greta Hoots fantastic first time directing in this film um did she have any wise words when she was talking in this panel
2: uh she did have a lot to say honestly i mean everything just from uh writing to directing it to just thinking about it um she said that she didn't have a lot of outside influences one thing that she did say she had an influence on was the fact that it takes place in sacramento where she grew up and where she lived and that had a huge influence on her. There's a lot of inside uh, comments that, even though we're both Californians, I didn't really get the I get a lot of them. It's only because I went to the panel and she talked about those specific things that I was able to understand those references. But again, it just adds to the realism because in conversations you talk about you know normal things about your city that maybe outsiders wouldn't.
1: Well, definitely. But I also feel like even though it's it is set in this kind of it is set in Sacramento. I feel like all of us can still relate to it because I don't I I mean I didn't even know remember it was in Sacramento. I just remember it just it's it's a whole it's a place that she just hates. She hates so much cuz she wants to get out and leave and go out and adventure the world and I Uh, It's great when a movie has its place, its own environment, be its character. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Studio Ghibli's My Neighbor, the Totoro. We're going to continue the show talking about Peter Rabbit and Beyond. We're also going to talk about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon, and the miraculous tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir Season 1. Right now, I'm still continuing the conversation with Jerry about the director's close-up. I'm talking about Ladybug. So, Jerry, what do you enjoy most about panels like this? Because I think these panels are fantastic because you get to get into a, a deeper conversation with the filmmakers themselves and how uh, how much effort's put into filmmaking. So what do you enjoy most about these panels?
2: It, it just really gives you a whole other side of making a film because from the audience perspective, you go, you see a story, you say, oh, that was great. Well, hopefully you say that was great. And... That's it. That's your whole experience watching a film. Maybe if you really liked it, you'll buy the online version or DVD if that still exists. And that's yeah. the end of the story. And But this is you know a whole other side. You go with them through this journey, this usually multiple year long journey of making just a two hour film that you just spend an hour enjoying. And it's just so such a different experience and to go along with them in this journey of kind of figuring out what to do. And something I also liked is the insights that they give you. Like there was one comment towards the end. It's not really a spoilerish comment. Anyway, lady bird is talking to someone who's not from Sacramento or from California in general. And she, he asked, where are you from? And she says, I'm from Sacramento. And he says, where's that? I'm from San Francisco." And to me, that was just a normal comment. But Greta explains, it's more than that. It's like letting go of your heritage and letting go of where you're from because you're just admitting to not being from that certain place and just letting go of everything that Sacramento represents to you. It just gives you such a different perspective of these small little insignificant comments.
1: Well, I think it's also interesting because these, when you're writing a script and this, this script is amazing, it's like every line means something. There's no throwaway lines, but also it's great because you have actors play with each other, and nothing feels forced. And Greta does a great job just saying, "Actors, be actors, and just let's have some fun here." So, does uh, the the actors have anything to say, especially um, since they were there? The I think it was like just two of the supporting actors were there.
2: Uh, yes, two of the supporting actors were there. Um, you know, like I said, they talked about the timing of things and how they were really told to rush things along. And they also talked about just, you know, becoming their characters and how great Greta was with the actors. And I believe they also talked about how Greta, Greta herself was an actor before and how that kind of helped things out because she was able to kind of go from a different perspective and being able to tell them from an actor's perspective. So that may have helped things as well.
1: Oh, definitely. Actors becoming directors. I mean, that's that helps a lot. It helps a lot knowing, understanding the other side of the camera. So that again, that's what helps this the performance of this whole film. So, uh, talking about this panel, was there anything else that happened in this panel besides just a conversation between the filmmakers, or was there anything interactive, like Q and A's?
2: Oh, yes, there was a Q and A with the people.
1: Was there anything that you did anyone ask anything interesting that you can remember?
2: Um. Yeah, you know, a lot of people asked about her writing process in general and, you know, <laughs> trying to figure things out, and um, she talked about how a lot of things she spent a long time on, like, for example, the opening scene where Lady Brewer jumps out of the car, of course, a, a, another thing that's significant, but to the story itself, not very significant, um, that she had a lot of fighting about things like that, like, should she do that, should she not do it, sounds ridiculous, maybe not, just you know how she was talking about how she was almost at a constant roadblock of writer writer's block state.
1: Wow. and uh, final question: What are you most excited for about this? This it's a five week period of just like of, of panels,
2: correct? Uh yes, it is. What do you? Mo- um, which one are you most excited to to check out? Well, I mean, this was honestly really amazing and eye opening. I think that the one with um. The director of A Wrinkle in Time, which is going to be in a few weeks, that's going to be pretty amazing. Um, There's also one with Sean Baker, and really, there's just so many great people. I mean, every single event, don't get me wrong, every single event's going to have so much to learn from. It's just such an amazing experience to be able to do things like this and go behind the scenes.
1: It is definitely a privilege, and, you know, if you're a diehard film buff, this is practically heaven. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for talking about the director's close-up. It's been a pleasure, and you are so lucky.
2: <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk about it.
1: If you want to do this in the, in the future, go on the website. Go look up 2018 director's close-up. And if you want to do it for next year, get tickets as soon as possible. They sell out quick, but they're definitely worth, a pretty, they're definitely worth the money because you get to be up and close with amazing filmmakers. So with that said... Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Studio Ghibli's My Neighbor the Totoro.
0: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. Hey, welcome
2: back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We just finished talking about the directors of Close Up First Week 2018 events, and now we're going to be talking about two new films, the first one being the animated live-action film Peter Rabbit. We're also going to be talking with Morgan. So, Morgan, what did you think of Peter Rabbit?
3: It's adorable, humorous, charming, and just a heartwarming tale that is perfect for Easter as well as spring, and I mean, we're just coming up to these fantastic Easter, and spring is coming around the corner, so it's perfect for this magnificent time of year. You
2: know, I never thought of it as an Easter film, but yeah, you're absolutely right, it can perfectly fit as an Easter film, that's a pretty good point. Can you describe to the audience why you think this is a spring film, though?
3: Well, I mean, uh, of course, we have the adorable little bunnies, which are, well, the Easter bunny. I mean, that's a huge, relatable thing. And then, of course, the setting is basically really in spring and summer because it has, like, vegetables are just starting to bloom and um, come up, as well as the adorable flowers. So around, like, all the houses and everything and the live action, you can be able to tell that the springtime setting is around. And not only that, but it looks like a fairy tale coming to life. That is if the animals do like you.
2: So it sounds like you really like the visuals of the film.
3: I do. I really love the visuals of the film. I mean, it was simply magnificent. The way that they had the house there, the garden and everything, it just all fit together like little pieces of the puzzle. And the picture was just terrific.
2: Now, I believe this is based off a of fairy tale or folklore or something like that. So, did it look its part? That it looked like you were watching a fairy tale, even though it was mostly live action.
3: Well, Peter Rabbit is based off of the books written by Beatrix Potter, and some facts, fun facts about these Beatrix Potter books are that she lived from um, eighteen, or sorry, yeah, eighteen sixty six, from nineteen forty three, and she is one of the best loved children's authors. And she also wrote and illustrated 28 books, and each one of them has been translated into more than 35 languages. And that's quite a lot, as a matter of fact. So people all over the world still love and adore her books. Even us and people in England, Australia, all over the world can love and adore her. And that's something that is simply magnificent. So Peter Rabbit is probably going to be translated into many different languages. So that way, um, many people will be able to love this movie as well as the books. And speaking about books, she has sold over 100 million copies. And that is just mind-blowing, if you think about the numbers.
2: Oh, it is absolutely, definitely mind-blowing. She sounds like an absolutely phenomenal uh, author who really changed the world for kids. Now, how many stars would you give this film and why?
3: I would definitely think that I would give this probably the star rating of 5 out of 5. Rabbit Hopping Carrots, because, I mean, it's really cute and adorable, and then the actors are just simply magnificent. You have uh, my favorite character being James Corden, who is the perfect bunny. He is very funny and silly, and Peter Rabbit is probably one of my favorite characters, or my favorite character, because he's full of sass as well as class, and his moves are just magnificent, and his words are full of wisdom and power. And then he has humorous and quick-witted lines that just made me burst out laughing during this view of the film. And then of course you have the adorable Flopsy played by Margaret Robbie, who I loved in Suicide Squad, and he's just magnificent. She is just adorable and too cute for words. Now she also knows how to fend for herself, and that's why I love her, just like her character. And she's also the perfect role model for kids because she teaches me and teaches many others that you can be both smart, cute, and a fighter. And I think that Margaret Robbie adds a bit of quirkiness to this character. Then we have the star of Star Wars, who is fantastic. Now, if you know that the star of Star Wars in this, you just know that the film has to be terrific. And she is one and only Cottontail, Daisy Ridley. And she is terrific. I love her as Cottontail because she's very feisty and tough. And this is the best quality in her, just like the character in Star Wars. And then, of course, we have the ever-caring bee, Rose Breen, and she's uh, just so sweet, and she loves the adorable little bunnies, so she's definitely one of the heroes of this fantastic little uh, fairy tale, mm-hmm. and she protects the animals at all costs. And then you have the evil Mr. Thomas McGregor, Dunhall who who is just crazy. He wants to electrify bunnies, throw bombs at them, and I think that he is just insane. And he is part of one of my favorite scenes when he got electrocuted because, I mean, it's crazy how the bunnies even know how to do this. And at the same time, you just know that he's very smart and witty and that the bunnies also follow a lot of his traits at the same time.
2: You know, honestly, it just sounds like an incredible film and really a star-studded cast. And since Peter Rabbit is meant for kids and this film looks like it's meant for kids, what age range would you give it?
3: I would definitely say that the age range for this would probably be anywhere from 16 to 18 or probably above and beyond, honestly, probably to 106 because adults will love this. They'll think it's very funny and silly. They will adore the bunnies and other talking animals. The teenagers will love the humor and the funny scenes that younger kids will probably not understand. And this film is just perfect for the entire family. So grab a bag of carrots, radishes, and turnips and get ready to sit down and enjoy
2: It was like a very healthy experience, but I'm kind of surprised because it's quite a high age range. Why is that?
3: Well, I think that it's probably a little bit of a high age range because some kids might get a little scared because of the electrifying scenes, and they might just think that it's not fair for the animals. But at the same time, you know, I mean, if your kid is mature enough, they might be able to like it, and you probably wouldn't be able to let them go and see it.
2: Well, that sounds great. Thank you so much for talking to me about Peter Rabbit. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of Kids Network. And right now, we just finished talking about the film Peter Rabbit. Now we're going to squ- switch gears and talk about B.L. with Morgan. So Morgan, let's just jump in and can you tell us about B.L.?
3: Oh my gosh. B.L. is just mind-blowing. They, this film sets the bar for draw, jaw-dropping animation. The fight scenes and the flying eagle were just astonishing visual effects. And you did not even know what to look at because there are so many different little scenes. And it's just crazy. You were just mind blown. And this is an international film, right? Yes, it is an international film because it has a lot of different concepts and everything. And it's also about uh, Mohammed.
2: Yeah, I believe it's from Saudi Arabia. I think it's uh, that country. And um, did that change the experience? Because obviously the United States and Saudi Arabia, or just the regions itself, have very different cultures and practices. Were you still able to understand the film?
3: It was made in Dubai, as a matter of fact. And yes, I was able to understand the film completely because they had a lot of different things that we could be able to understand as Americans and many other people could understand across the world because the main lesson about this film is to break free from your inner chains. So like the ones about um, family and stuff. So the ones that are inside your heart and the bonds that you have with yourself. And it's all about breaking free from those so that way you'll be a good person no matter what.
2: Well, that sounds like a pretty universal message. It doesn't matter if you live in Hong Kong or if you live in Canada. That's a really solid message. And you talked about the absolutely amazing and spectacular uh, animation. In what way is it that good?
3: Well, probably because when you're looking at it, you can't even tell what's real and what's fake. You think that it's all just live. You, you want to say that it's all live, and you feel like you're really there, which is just... Astonishing. I mean, honestly, if they ever input themselves for, like, the Grammys or any kind of awards, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, you are going to win because of the animation. It is just perfect. Sorry I meant the Emmys and Oscars. They put themselves in, they will win because it's just perfect and mind-blowing.
2: No problem. You know, I just find it so nice to see uh, animation movies kind of taking the more realistic approach because the gaming industry and industries like that have been able to do Uh, photorealistic graphics for a few years now and I'm glad to see that the animation industry is also kind of jumping on board now how many stars would you give the film and why
3: I would probably give this film mm, four and a half out of shooting arrows because it's very fun and at the same time you're mind blown by the animation the characters are very um, serious and so you'll be able to relate to them and there's a lot of relatable things during the film
2: Well, that's good to hear, but why did you not give it five shooting arrows, and instead of five, you gave four and a half shooting arrows?
3: Because there were sometimes, like, they had, like, five-minute clips that were a little bit too slow, but other than that, I mean, if they had sped it up, it would have probably been perfect.
2: Hmm, well, that's definitely a fair criticism. A lot of films suffer from little things like that. Uh, What age range would you give it and why?
3: I would probably give this the age range of 13 to 18, because younger kids will probably not understand *Bial* um, and New Breed of Hero to the fullest, while teens will. And the morals and history behind the film make this the perfect for families to watch together because adults can understand it and will probably explain it to the younger generation. And then kids will be able to learn about the history of other cultures and so on.
2: Well, that's definitely very important for everyone to do. So thank you so much for talking to me about both *Bial* and Peter Rabbit.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Of course. For our viewers, those those are both out now, so definitely check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Gilby Studios. My neighbor, Totoro.
0: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel shh turn off your phone another movie review is coming up
1: Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Peter Rabbit and Bial. We're gonna continue the show talking about the miraculous and also the new DVD release of Wonder. Right now we have the wonderful Talia talking about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab Rocket to the Moon DVD release. Thank you so much, Talia, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kiefer. All right, so let's get right into it, shall we? So this is a another DVD for the show Thomas Edison's Adventures, and of course it's oh well, sorry Thomas Edison's Secret Lab. Um, tell us a bit about what Edison has in store for us this time.
4: Yes, of course. Um, so basically, it just follows back with Angie and her friends, and so basically they found Thomas Edison's secret lab where he's like hidden a bunch of like really cool stuff, and there's like a robot named van bolt there and so basically we're just learning a ton about science and space in these episodes and it's just really educational and great for kids to watch oh uh, yeah it's a great series of tv shows so in
1: this what kind of things do we learn in this dvd packet
4: um we learn a lot about like murphy's love gravity and there's like a lot of talk about fossils um and also it's a lot of teamwork too
1: Teamwork and space traveling sounds like a great jam-packed adventure. So, uh, what was your favorite episode in this DVD packet?
4: Oh gosh, probably okay, probably the fossils ones because it was like it was actually really entertaining and like I actually learned a lot and it kind of really surprised me because when well when I like first came into watching these, I was expecting to kind of know everything about kind of like what we were going to be learning about just because. The DVD is kind of directed towards a more younger audience. But honestly, I did not know everything that they were talking about. So I really enjoyed that episode, actually.
1: You're never too old to learn something new. And it's great that this DVD is teaching, educating kids on science and teamwork. It's a beautiful DVD. So tell us a bit about the animation style and what you uh, enjoyed about it.
4: Yeah, um, I actually I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very, like, cartoony, but it has a kind of... It's really bright and colorful. It, it, it's really great. I haven't really seen anything like that. I could tell that they, like, did spend a lot of time into making the characters because, like, a lot of their outfits and just, like, the way they dress really reflected on, you know, like, the character and their personality. So I really liked the animation. It was really fun.
1: Yeah, it's, it's cute, simple, elegant. You know, that's exactly what you just need for this kind of show. So uh, what was one interesting fact that you did not know about that you learned through this show?
4: Um, oh, let's see, well, okay, they kind of really went in depth about, like, about, okay, let's go back to, like, the fossils thing, <laughs> so basically, like, they are kind of just, like, really describing, like, how to, like, to really, like, find them, how to, like, analyze them, and there's, like, so many, like, these, like, crazy words that I just did not know, and yeah, so basically just, like, how, basically just going, like, in depth and, like, how fossil like, what are fossils, and, like what's up with them and stuff
1: like that what's up with these fossils here what are what are they for so uh what do you what did you think about because this is of course directed towards younger kids but like what what value do you feel like kids get, can get from this dvd packet?
4: Um, I feel like they could really learn, like, if you're interested in science at all, I would, like, highly recommend these, because just, like, a fun way to kind of review science, too. But I think kids really get to, like, an understanding of science could actually be fun, and that it's not always just, like, okay, we're going to sit down, we're just going to, like, read this book about like, Murphy's Law, and we're just going to study <laughs> this for, like, six hours. But it's, like, kind of, like, a nice visual representation. And they have little funny jokes, and it's really silly. And it's, you know, it's just, like, if I was a kid and I really enjoyed science, which I did when I was a child, I would thoroughly enjoy this um, series of TV shows.
1: hmm <laughs> Well, it's interesting because these, we need, it's these, I like just like simple shows like this. I mean, I grew up watching many shows that like teach us this kind of things. but it's always great to update shows and have a new guide. And this one's Thomas Edison, who is an interesting choice to guide us on these kind of tours. But, you know, it's great to have another kid's show to teach kids some fun facts. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And this show is sp- sponsored by Studio Ghibli's My Neighbor, the Totoro. Wonderful film, a classic film, one of my favorites. Now we're going to continue this show talking to Talia about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon DVD collection. So I hear there are special features on this DVD packet. So what can we have, what do we have in store on this?
4: Yes, yeah, so there's a total of eight music videos like after each of the episodes that are related to the episode. And the music is produced and written by Stephanie and Ron Fair. And so basically there's these like little robots that come out at the end of each episode and they do like a really fun dance and you kind of like go around and kind of relearn everything that you, that they like taught you in the episode. So it's just a really fun way of kind of wrapping it up. And I really enjoyed it actually.
1: (laughs) So what was your favorite music video? That's if you can pick one.
4: Um, well, there was an episode called Dancing Machine, and so I really enjoyed that music video. It was really fun, and it was kind of, like, really crazy. And that was, that was basically one of, like, the first episodes. So it was also kind of, like, I was not at all expecting, like, these robots to come out and do, like, a really fun dance. So I I really liked the first one of us. (laughs) Now, uh, how do you,
1: here's a more of a, not serious, but more in-depth question, like, Why? Because Kids First is about quality children's media, what do you think is the most important aspect of a children's show?
4: Um. Again, I think it's to, like, make something educational but also fun at the same time. Because I feel like a lot of these shows are now just trying to, like, cram in as much knowledge as possible inside, like, one episode that they don't really have, like, time to kind of, like, have, like, a really... Fun aspect to it and kind of interest the kids, but I really think that um, these DVDs are different just because they're a lot shorter, and so they like they talk about science. There's like there's definitely a lot of references, but it's also about kind of the characters and what they're going through about like friendship. So it's kind of a combination which I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, because children shows I think some of the. Some of the best shows, are, ch- are children shows. I'm not kidding, because even though I'm like I'm I'm 17 now. Gosh, I'm old, um, but I still like watching shows like Animaniacs and even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and My Little Pony. I do like if it's on. I like you know what I want to just watch something just to something nice and simple just to watch. And I'm surprised by like some of the. I think it's a golden age of television shows for kids because even like Steven Universe is like booming. Adventure Time I and mean, like these are kids shows, but like. Teens and adults can watch them because they're they're not pandering to just younger kids because they' they treat kids like adults which is which is nice. so what would you say is the age range for this sh- show and um, what do you say is um, your star rating
4: um I believe that anyone between the ages of like four and nine should really watch these shows just because it's kind of like. I don't expect teenagers to watch this just because it's, you know, it's like a kid. It's more directed towards people who are kind of younger and have, like, silliness inside of them, while teenagers are kind of like, oh, I don't really want to watch that kind of stuff. But um, I enjoyed it, and I'm 15 years old. But anyway, (laughs) and I give this a 5 out of 5 stars. I honestly did not, like, not like anything. This is just really fun, and it's really silly, and I think it's just perfect for anyone who just wants to get introduced to science or who has an interest in it.
1: Well, now that you said it now, I'm going to have to watch it myself because I don't care what you say. I'm 17. I can watch whatever I want. And I can watch, (laughs) even if it's directed towards younger kids, I can still enjoy it, I bet. Well, thank you so much, Talia, for talking about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon. It's been a pleasure.
4: Thank you so much, Keeper. It's always so fun to talk to you. You can check out this DVD.
1: It's in stores now. Check it out on Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, wherever you can get a DVD. Go check it out for your DVD collection. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keepa Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Studio Ghibli's My Neighbor, the Totoro.
0: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year. Or join our national campaign this fall.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We just finished talking about the brand new two films, Bial and Peter Rabbit. And now we're going to be talking to Morgan about the brand new season of Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. So, Morgan, can you? let's just jump in. Can you tell us about the show?
3: I think it's just magnificent. I mean, honestly, I've been watching Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir since the very first episode. And I mean, you have to get ready to transform into your inner superheroes because they are back with all of season one. So you will be watching this. You you can either binge watch it or you can watch one DVD because it is four separate DVDs. And so you can watch one DVD and then switch off the next day. So it's really great the way that they had them all together because you can grab a little bag of popcorn and then watch it. And it's just terrific.
2: And this DVD, did it have any uh, special features on it, anything else that the viewers can get out of it?
3: Yes, they had cast interviews, so you can be able to talk to Ladybug and Cat Noir, and many of the other characters. And it was a lot of fun being able to watch that, because I felt like I was talking to them myself. And it was just being able to like get those little inside scoops that were really cool.
2: Well, that's really cool. I think it's nice that they gave you another way to enjoy the film and to kind of learn about it. And uh, can you kind of tell us about the the series? I mean, what is it about?
3: Well, the series is basically about two kids, um, Marinette and Adrian, also known as Ladybug and Cat Noir, who are superheroes, but nobody knows they're superheroes. So, you know, inner identities and so on. And I think that it's actually really cool how these two characters are very quirky and silly in real life. So when they're kids and they're going to school, but yet when they transform into their superheroes, they're very quick and witted and they're going all over these places. And yet you have no idea which one is which and you will never be able to find out.
2: Well, that's kind of an interesting concept. Do you think it ever got confusing to the viewers at all?
3: No, because they show um, both sides, and they show them when they transform, so that way you'll be able to understand it completely. And then in season one, they actually show their origin story, so you'll be able to find out how Ladybug became Ladybug and how Cat Noir became Cat Noir. And that has to be one of my favorite episodes, because... They are back. Um, there were two episodes, as a matter of fact, Origins number one and two, and these episodes are back to back, and they have to be my favorite because no superhero is complete without an origin story.
2: Oh, I definitely agree. you got to learn how the superhero came about, obviously. So, uh, how many stars would you give the film?
3: I would definitely say that I would give this film five out of five Ladybug Flying Akumas. Because, I mean, they have terrific animation. It's kind of a mix between anime as well as regular animation, so CGI that we see today. And I love that about this film or DVD collection because when they mix the two together, you never expect that they mix so well, yet they do. It's just perfection at its peak.
2: Well, that sounds pretty cool. And uh, how, what, did, what age range you give it? It sounds like it's for kids, but I may be wrong.
3: Oh, definitely. Uh, it's for kids as well as adults. I mean, 6 to 18 is probably perfect. As Well, probably adults would love it. So, because a lot of kids will probably love the way that the um, Adrian and Marinette combine to make their superpowers, you know, fun and quirky and at the same time defeat superheroes. So they have silly jokes, fun storyline, terrific characters, and they all keep kids' attention as well as even my mom's. So that's why I say adults, and then at the same time, the stupendous animation with the villains, superheroes, and regular people is just enjoy- enjoyable to watch. And then, of course, you had the life lessons that everybody's not perfect, so it helps a lot of different people in case they're struggling in life.
2: Well, that sounds great. You no, know, I love it when these animated series are truly meant for the whole family. And uh, let's talk about the animation a little bit. So you kind of talked about how it's a mix between anime and uh, CGI. Do you think that fits the story well? Would you rather have seen it to be more of the cartoon 2D style or all the way to, you know, 3D animation Pixar style?
3: I like it just the way it is because they have a lot of the um, anime when they're transforming. And they have it in, like, their jumpsuits, but the rest of it is basically when they're in Paris and stuff. So, like, the background animation and the characters themselves are perfection when they're in the, the regular animation that we see today, which is CGI. And I love the way that they combine mm-hmm. the two because their superhero selves are, you know, anime and then... I know that both these characters, Ladybug and Marinette, have done a lot of things together when they are doing anime. Like if you look at their IMBD pages, they both have done a lot of anime for Pokemon and so much more.
2: Well, that's good that the um, voice actresses are experienced with the art so they can really make it shine, but Morgan, thank you so much for talking to me about this DVD collection.
3: Well, thank you so much for talking with me.
2: Of course. You're listening to Kids Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. This week's show is sponsored by Gilby Studios, my neighbor Totoro. And now we're going to switch gears from talking about the Tales of Ladybug and Cat Catnor Season 1. And we're going to be talking to Natalia on the DVD release of Wonder. And let's give a grand welcome to Natalia. This is her first time on the show. She is calling from uh, South Bay, California, and she is nine years old. So, Natalia, what did you think of this DVD?
5: Well, I think the DVD was amazing. It was very astonishing, very inspiring, and well intentioned and well crafted, and it was very powerful. Um, this movie is directed by Steven Soderbergh, and I absolutely love this movie. It's it's hard not to love everything about this film. It tells a great story with covering deep feelings, which makes the film feel like a like a stroll. And I think it was an amazing film.
2: Well, this sounds absolutely phenomenal. Uh, let's start with the directing. You mentioned that you liked the directing. What did you like about it?
5: What I liked about the directing is that the movie teaches about the importance of being kind. And Augie Pullman is a boy, um, a young boy, who goes to fifth grade for the first time. And he's never been to a real school for, before. And he's trying to inform all the kids that you know, he can't change the way that he looks. But maybe that um people could change the way that he see himself that they see himself. So that that's what meaning um Augie knows he's never going to change the way he looks and be normal like other kids. But maybe the world can understand that. And I just like the story and the message of the film and I love how it teaches the importance of being kind. So that's what I like about the directing. And it brought um the movie brought so many tears to my eyes.
2: You know, this sounds like a really emotional film and this sounds like an absolutely great message that I think everybody should learn, but I think kids, especially especially teenagers, really should learn. And good for the film to uh, have that message. And uh, you clearly like the film. Um, would you have a favorite scene?
5: Yes, definitely. My favorite favorite part is unquestionably when Augie, um, also known as Jacob Trembley, he is. Jacob Chenley plays Augie Pullman, makes some nice friends for a change. Um, this part of the movie really touched my heart. Those around him finally understood him. And I know this feeling was the best feeling ever for him. And I absolutely love that part when he makes some nice friends for a change. And I just love the way how they um, actually understood him. And they connected very well. And I just, that was my favorite part in Wonder.
2: You know, I really like it when the film is written just so well that you can really connect to the characters and you can feel happy when something good happens to them. I just love when a film does that to you. Uh, Now, do you have a favorite character?
5: Yes, my favorite character in this movie is definitely Augie Pullman. Um, Jacob Chimbley, of course, because his character mostly drew me to understand his message. Augie is extremely brave, confident, and he is true to himself. Augie's message only empowers me to accept others and treat others equally and be kind.
2: Again, it's just such a perfect message, and so few films actually try to teach that in a pure way, so I'm glad this film is able to do that. Now, how many stars would you give the film?
5: I would give this movie and um, Wonder a five out of five stars rating just because the message of the film is about um, Wonder shows how kindness can make a difference, and the movie has a clear positive message about choosing kindness and appreciating everyone, and defines true friendships. And I think that's one of the reasons why I give it a five out of five star rating, just so that other people can know what it goes, what people go through, and I learned that no one is ordinary, no matter. What matters the most is who we are are on the inside more than what we look on the outside. So I would definitely give it a five out of five stars rating.
2: Such a very, very true message. So very true in today's world. And my last question for you is, uh, do you think that this is for kids or do you think this is for adults? I guess my question is, what age range would you give this?
5: I recommend this film for ages six to 18 years old and adults will enjoy it as well. Just because six to eight... Six, I know um, a lot of people get bullied, and teenagers also bully a lot. And I think six from 18 years old, people will understand what other people go through because they won't realize it when they're bullying people, they they, they don't realize it so I think definitely it would be 6 to 18 years old and the Deutsch will enjoy it as well because they can teach the teenagers what other people are going through and they can teach their kids and everybody around them what other people are going through so they will know how hard it is for other people and they are lucky to look like ordinary and I think that's why I give it 6 to 18 years old
2: You know, it's so important for kids. And like you said, you know, it happens a lot in school. Sadly, there is bullying. And I think it's so crucial for everyone to learn that, you know, everyone can be different and everyone is unique in their own way. Well, Natalia, thank you so much for talking to me about the DVD release of Wonder.
5: Thank you so much for having me um, here today. And don't forget um, to watch it. It was an amazing film. And the DVD just came out today, so that is amazing, so you guys can go buy it, and it was just amazing, and thank you so much for having me here today.
2: Of course. Like Natalia just said, check out the film. It literally just came out, so go out now and buy it and watch it with the whole family. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. And to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Network. Today's show is sponsored by Gilby Studio, My Neighbor Toro.